It's always a tough act to follow, don't you think? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm grateful for Skylar and Beth. Let's give them a hand, shall we? This semester, we are walking through the story of the Old Testament together. Uh, and so last week, we talked about how the Israelites were at Sinai, and God and Moses and the Israelites are having this conversation on the top of Sinai. And we actually have some artist renderings of the stories that we're covering throughout the week over here. Come check those out sometime. They are fantastic. We got the creation story, Abraham going into the land, the crossing of the Red Sea, and then God descending on Mount Sinai with thunder and clouds and fire and smoke. And uh, I just think that's incredible. So I give thanks to God for the people who are doing these things over here as well. Um, Tonight, we are going to continue the story, as, as was mentioned by our lovely news anchors. We're going to continue the story of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. And tonight, we're going to do something a little bit different, okay? So tonight, we're going to do like a big group Bible study in here tonight, okay? So in a, in a few minutes, we're actually going to look at three different stories of, three similar yet different stories of the Israelites in the desert, Okay? So you were given an outline and a pen and a Bible when you came in. If you do not have one of those things, go ahead and like raise your hand right now. We've got some people that are going to come on in and a few people that are going to come on in and help pass out some of those things. Okay, we need Bibles and pens and outlines. Uh, raise your hand nice and high, okay? Nice and high if you need one of those things. Uh, while this is happening, I want you to go ahead and create your group of three to five people. Okay, so say hello to three to five people around you. Get to know each other a minute while we're passing out these things. Keep your hands nice and high if you need a Bible or a pen or an outline. I can't help you. Make sure you know who's in your group of three or four or five. Say hello to them. Make sure you get their names and their favorite cereal, maybe. Over here. You need the pen over there and over there. Just start throwing them at people. Just watch your eye. Okay. Okay. We have derailed. We're doing a good job. Thank you to our lovely helpers who are helping us out with this situation right now. If you have a smartphone, you're allowed to use that as your Bible. That's not cheating here at the well. Okay, are we set? I feel like you guys are like ready to go now. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at three different stories that are similar in nature. And you have the text on your, on your outline there. And we're actually going to have three different people come and read those stories as well. So before I, as I invite Devin to come up and read the first story, I just want to say a prayer for us before we begin. Is that all right? God, we give you thanks for the gift of life and the gift to be here. 
and the gift that it is to open your word and read it and study it and talk about it in community. Thank you for the people in this room, um, and thank you for your word. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, please turn to Exodus chapter 15, and Devin is going to read the very words of God for us. Hello. All right, Exodus 15, 22 to the end says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw the wood into the water, and it, the water became sweet. There the Lord made a decree and a law for them, and there he tested them. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commandments and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your, for I am the Lord who healed you. Then they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, what I want you to do is get in your groups of three to five people, and just as you're looking at that story, write down some observations. Just what's happening? Where are they? What's the story that's going on? Talk about it in your groups. Name two or three observations, and then also answer those three questions. What does the story tell us about the Israelites? What does the story tell us about Moses? And what does the story tell us about God? You got about two minutes. Go ahead.
Okay, we're going to keep moving. Um, okay, so I hope that was helpful. We'll do this again in a moment. So one observation that I have is where are they? Wilderness of... Sure, okay. Go to the map here. Sure, sure, something like that. Uh, sure is kind of the top. It's got a little box around it up there. Maybe you can see that. Okay, so they're in the wilderness of sure where this thing takes place. What's another observation? What's happening in the story? The water's no good. The water's no good. What else? They're complaining. Okay, so the Israelites are notorious for complaining, whining, grumbling in the desert, right? What are they complaining about in this story? Okay. Now, let's think about this for a second. That's a legitimate complaint. Moses, we've been wandering in the wilderness for three days, and we don't have any water. I mean, I sort of read that, and I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Don't you trust that God will provide? <laughs> three days? Listen, Stacy and I bring people to Israel sometimes. We go to this desert, and here's what happens. People complain. And you know what they complain about? The abundant, fresh, clean, bottled water that's a little bit warmer than they would like it to be. Because the desert is hot and they wish they had ice water. It's a true story. If you were there last time, you're guilty. Um, anyway, they're complaining. It's been three days. They don't have any water. It's a legitimate complaint. So they come to this pool of water, it's salt water or bitter water, Moses throws a log or a tree or a branch or something in the water, and all of a sudden the water turns sweet or fresh. Uh, verse 26 says this, diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right. just want to name that as an observation. Diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right. All right, let's move on to our three questions. What does the story tell us about the Israelites? They are complainers. What else? They are unsatisfied. What else? They're thirsty. They're what? They're doubtful. They doubt that God is going to provide for their needs. Okay? They're complaining, they're grumbling, and they have a lack of trust that God is going to provide for them. What does the story tell us about Moses? He's faithful, he's trustworthy, he's a leader, he trusted, and he obeyed God. God said do this, Moses did it. Right? And what does the story tell us about God? He provides. He's patient. He what? He makes a covenant. Very good. God provides, he's patient, and he makes a covenant. Let's move on to our second story. I'm going to invite my friend Aubrey to come up and read Exodus chapter 17, 1 through 7. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? 
But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Okay, go ahead and get in your groups again and take like two minutes. Name some observations about this story and answer those three questions again, please. All right, uh, we'll come on back. Well done discussing this. It's, it's, it's fun hearing you guys study the word together in this room. So well done on that. Let's name a couple of observations from this story. What's happening? What's happening over here? What'd you say? They're complaining again about lack of water an entire two chapters later. I don't know exactly how much time has passed, but it's been two chapters in the Bible anyway. What else? What's happening? They want to fight Moses. <laughs> they're, they're not happy with Moses. What else? Most, Moses is getting a little sassy back, okay? What else is an observation? Anything else? He strikes the rock with 
with his staff, okay? And what do we know about Moses' staff? It separated the Nile, okay? It, actually, it separated, it separated the Red Sea. It separated the Red Sea, but it turned, it turned the water of the Nile to blood. And also, when, when Moses first goes to Pharaoh, God says, take the staff in your hand, throw it on the ground, it's going to turn into a snake. And then Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing, but then Moses' staff snake actually ate the other snakes up. So that's a pretty cool story. This is the staff that Moses is using to strike the rock and water pours out of it. Where are they? Let's look at the map here. Next slide. Okay, Rephidim, way down at the bottom there, kind of in the Sinai Peninsula where the two fingers of the Red Sea kind of go out. This is basically at the foot of Mount Sinai. This is very close to Mount Sinai, that general area. That's where they are hanging out. Moses strikes a rock, water pours out. What does the story tell us about the Israelites? They complain, they question God's plan. What does the story tell us about Moses? He's faithful. He's getting tired of their crap. <laughs> he's faithful. He's trusting God. He's following God. God says do this and he's, he does it. What does the story tell us about God? He provides. You guys picking up on a theme here? The Israelites complain. Moses obeys, trusts God, and God provides. Okay? Now, uh, after this, uh, as, as our newscasters told us the story, in Numbers 13, spies are sent into the promised land to check it out. So 12 spies go into the land, 10 come back and say, oh my gosh, the land is amazing, but the people are enormous and we're all going to die. Two, Joshua and Caleb say, hey, the land is amazing and I can't wait till God gives us this land. That's what happens in Numbers 13. And hear these words from Numbers 14, verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them. And then God punishes the Israelites and says, okay, now you guys have to wander in the wilderness for the next 40 years. And none of you guys are going to see the promised land. But how long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs I have done among them. Now let's hear our last story tonight from Numbers chapter 20. I'm going to invite my friend Sarah to come up and share the word of the Lord with us. Numbers chapter 20. People of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Sin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before our Lord. And they asked him, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to this evil place? Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness, so that we should die here with our cattle? And <clears throat> this is no place for figs or pomegranates or vines or grains, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron left the presence of the assembly and went to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And Moses and the Lord spoke to Moses and said, 
Take the staff and gather the congregation. You and Aaron, your brother, speak to the rock to yield its water. Please, yep. <laughs> and because you, then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring the congregation into the land that I have given to them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people quarreled with the Lord. And because of them, the Lord has shown himself as holy. This is the word of the Lord. Again. Ah, that was awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, um, we're gonna kind of do. We're gonna kind of walk through a couple of this, couple of these things together now. Okay, so a couple of observations based on uh, this story here. Where are they? Let's look at a map. Okay, they are now in the wilderness of Zin. So if you were down at the bottom of Rephidim, you go northeast to Paran and then to Zin. It's got a little box at the top. For those that are in the back with not good eyesight, I apologize. Uh, so let's go to the next slide, actually. So here is a traditional route of the wandering in the wilderness. Okay, so they start up, they're sort of near Shur, and then you come down, and just to the left of the S of Sinai, there's a questionable site of Mara. Maybe this is where the first story takes place. You come straight south, and there's Mount Sinai, and that's where Rephidim is. And then you go northeast, and then where the blue arrow stops is Kadesh. And this is likely the general area where this story here takes place. Okay, so this is sort of where it's happening years later. Okay, so this was Exodus 15, Exodus 17, and now a little while later. What's the story? What's happening? There's no water, and the Israelites are complaining. Moses, we're going to die. You must not care about us. We're all going to die. We don't have enough water. And then God tells Moses to do what? Speak to the rock. And what does Moses do? He whacks the rock two times, okay? Maybe it's out of frustration or anger or something like that. Now, I want to I just share a couple of things that I think might be helpful to understand this story a little bit, okay? Um, in the wilderness of Zin, you can go to the next slide. This is in the wilderness of Zin. It's the desert, not a lot of water, not a lot of vegetation, not a lot of life. When we were there last time, it was probably 105 degrees. It was a hot day. Um, the rocks that you see there, I want to talk a little bit about geology, okay? This is kind of like a, a soft limestone, okay? Um, stratified limestone with softer, more porous layers of stone above the denser, less porous layers of limestone, okay? So the, the top part of that rock is softer and more porous, and then as you go down, it's less porous and more dense and a little bit harder. Does that sort of make sense? Okay. Maybe you're like, who cares? So when it rains, when it rains, which is not very often in this part of, here, in this part of uh, the land, but when it rains, the rain dissolves into the softer top layer of the chalk, 
and it kind of carries downward. It kind of soaks down into the rock a little bit um, until it eventually seeps out of the rock. Okay, so it soaks down, it soaks down, it soaks down, but then eventually it's not very porous anymore, so the water's got to go somewhere. So instead of going down, it kind of starts to seep out. And then eventually, sometimes you can actually see where water will sort of start to trickle outside of these rocks a little bit. But then eventually what happens is this thing called evaporation. Um, And when evaporation uh, happens, behind that, there's a mineral cap that seals off the flow of the water. Okay? Now, over the years, rainwater continues to collect behind this mineral cap under increasing pressure. I'm not making this up. Okay? So, shepherds knew about this situation. Shepherding was done in the desert. Shepherding was done in the wilderness. And this was a trick that all the shepherds knew about. They knew this kind of rock. They knew that water could collect down into the rocks a little bit. And then there's these mineral caps that if they hit the rock in the right spot, some water could come out of the rock. Whoa. That's crazy. Okay. Um, so that's what's hap- that, So that's Numbers chapter 20. Back in Exodus 17... God tells Moses to do what? Strike the rock. Okay? Um, Go to the next slide. This is the picture of Mount Sinai. This is the kind of rock that's taking place in the general area where they were in Exodus 17. This is granite. There's no water tricks that are going on behind these rocks here. So when God says to Moses in Exodus 17, strike the rock, everybody's like, that's not this trick. That's not going to work. And then what happens? God miraculously provides water out of the wrong kind of rock. Then we get to Numbers chapter 20. Go to the next slide. And we're here in the wilderness of Zin. And God tells Moses to speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. Any shepherd would know the trick. And so Moses, in his previous occupation, he was a what? He was a shepherd. I think it's fascinating that God calls Moses to be a shepherd of sheep in the desert in order to prepare him and equip him in order to lead his people in the desert. And so Moses gets to this point here, and God says, now speak to the rock. And he's like, hey, I'm in the wilderness of Zin. I know this trick. I'm a shepherd. I got this. And he strikes the rock twice, and water comes out. God tells Moses to speak to the rock. And Moses says, no, I got this. I got this. I can can take care of this. I can provide for these people now. And Moses kind of says, you know what, God? I got this. I got this. I can provide for these people. And he strikes the rock, and water comes out of the rock. I want to look at Numbers 20, verse 12. Verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring them into the you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Because you did not believe 
in me. This is the Hebrew word emunah. Say emunah. Emunah. Translated as to believe, which I think is a good translation. But not just believe up here in your head. Not just believe that this thing could happen. Believe, emunah kind of belief is belief or faith in action. It's not just this thing up here that you think in your head, but it's, it's belief, it's trust, it's faith, not just with your head, but with your hands and your feet and your heart and your lips. It's faith in action. It's faith and faithfulness. And God says, because you did not emunah in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. I mean, I think, when I think about this story in light of the first two stories that we read, I think Moses probably believed that God could do this. Don't you think? I mean, I, I look at the story and I think, Moses, what are you thinking? You've seen how God provided miraculously with throwing a log in the water, and then you strike the rock when it's not supposed to do this thing, and then now he says, speak to the rock, and he says, no, I got this. Moses did not believe emunah in God. He believed that it could happen, but he didn't act out on that belief, and he decided to do it his own way. Uh, On Wednesday... This coming Wednesday, our son Jaden is going to turn two. Uh, so go to this next picture here. This is our son Jaden. Uh, in this picture here, he's pretty excited about the drill set he got from Grandma and Grandpa for Christmas. He loves he loves to help out with things around the house. So if I got my drill out, he's got his drill out. If I got the broom out to sweep, he's got to do the same. He loves to help out. His favorite phrase right now is... I do it. I do it. Now, Stacey and I hear this phrase like several times a day. I do it. And there's this, there's this tension in me when he says things like this. Okay? So, no, Jaden, there is no possible way for you to do what you're saying you're going to do. Now, do I, as a dad, sit here and watch you struggle or do I say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out? No, no, Jaden, I'm sorry. You, you're just not able to put your own two shoes in right now. I, I do it, Daddy. I do it. Okay? How long do I wait before I help out? <laughs> right? The other day, uh, he had his, his water bottle, a camelback, and he wanted ice in his camelback. And he says to Daddy, I do it. Okay? So you're going to open up the freezer, and you're going to reach onto the top shelf and grab an ice cube, and you're going to unscrew the top of your water bottle, and you're going to put the ice cube in there, and then you're going to go to the sink and fill it up with water and put the thing back on top. Go right ahead, buddy. (laughs) Right? So there's this tension in me when he says stuff like this. And as I hear, as I keep hearing this phrase over and over again, I think, God must be laughing, because this is probably the way he thinks about the conversations that him and I have. How many times does God hear me say in one way or another, I do it. <laughs> Don't worry about this, God. I, I got this. I, I, I do it. I do it. Right? 
who am I to say to God, I got this. I'm strong. I'm independent. I'm self-sufficient. I'm however old I am. Thanks, though. Got an education. I've got training. I've been to class. I've got experience. I've got, I've got good con- I got this. I do. Now think about this for a second. Either I can try to have a conversation with God where I'm saying, I do this. Or I can say, you know what? You are almighty God. You are the king and the creator of the universe. And you love me more than I could ever love myself. And you want what's best for me more than I could ever want for myself. Maybe you do it. Maybe you do it. What are the areas of your life that you you kind of tend to live like you're self-sufficient? Like you've got this. If, if God is the God who provides, which is evident in Exodus 15, in Exodus 17, in Numbers 20, and so many other stories over and over and over in this book and in my life and in many of your lives. If God is a God who provides, then I think he is the one who deserves the glory. And I think this is why God gets upset with Moses. I think Moses is doing this thing and God's like, yeah, but if you would have talked to the rock, then there'd be no like shepherd's trick in the back pocket thing. It would have been obvious and evident who it was that provided water for the people. And so I think God is upset because Moses is kind of like stealing his thunder. And rightfully so. Why? Because God is the one who deserves the glory. And if God is the one who provides, and if God is the one who deserves the glory, then I think our language should be consistent with that. So rather than this language of, I got an A, or rather than, I raised enough money for my spring break or Israel trip or whatever, or I did X, Y, or Z, what if, what if we could use the language that actually refre- reflects what's actually happening? What if we say, hey, God is so amazing, he miraculously provided finances for my trip. God is so amazing, he has given me an incredible opportunity to be here studying at Grand Valley, and he's given me an incredible brain, and I can study these things, and I can recall these things, and I can do well on these exams, and I give thanks to God for the ability that he's given me and the opportunity he's given me to do these things. So what if our, what if our language reflected the glory that he deserved as well in all of these things? Numbers chapter 20. What does this story tell us about the Israelites? Anybody? What does this story tell us about the Israelites? They complain. They grumble. They lacked trust 
that God would provide. What does this story tell us about Moses? He did not believe in God. Moses falls into the camp of the Israelites, and he did not trust that God would provide in such a way. And what does this story tell us about God? He provides anyway. God is a God who promises to provide for your needs and mine. I'm not sure what kind of desert you might find yourself in today. Maybe it's a desert of sickness or disease or relationship trouble or a family tragedy or grief or maybe you're feeling spiritually dry or maybe you're just trudging through this hot desert known as the unknown future. Where or with what in your life do you need to trust that God is going to provide? What is it going to take for us to listen to God's voice? When he says, speak to the rock, we actually speak to the rock. So that he can get the credit and he can get the glory in all circumstances throughout our lives. God was upset because Moses was disobedient and he was stealing God's thunder. The Israelites complained. They lacked in their trust. Moses, he lacked in emunah. He was not faithful with what God asked him to do. And yet God was a God who provided anyway. It reminds me of this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13 says this, If we are faithless, God remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. God always has been and always will be faithful. This, my friends, is God's story. And he uses people like Abraham, and he uses people like Moses. He uses people like you, and he uses people like me, for better or for worse. When we have emunah, and when we lack it, to bring him the glory. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word, and for the ways that it continues to speak to our, our lives somehow miraculously. Thank you for the opportunity we have to just open your word and read it for what it is, and for the ways that we need to trust you trust for your provision. God, we just, we just ask that you will help us to keep walking and keep trusting. Even if it's been three days without water in the wilderness, I pray that we will not lose sight of who you are and that we will continue to trust that you are a God who is going to provide for our needs. We are excited about the ways that we are going to see you show up and the ways that we get to tell people of your glory. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.